Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. We've gotten a ton of listener feedback. And you know why we have so much listener feedback? Because we haven't read it in forever. Do we really? Well, I mean, we've gotten emails and stuff, and we've said we would read them, and then we haven't, and I feel like we need to fix that. Oh. I didn't realize we had, like, ones that had been that haven't been read in a long time. I thought we just had recent ones. Well, I mean, I guess you can't really count all the celebration pen emails, huh? We, we still need to send those out. <gasps> we do? What? Okay, well, you're hearing it here now, guys, as we record this on June 21st. Aaron needs to send out your buttons. <laughs> yeah, blame it on me. I'm the one that has them. Yeah, he needs to send them out. So we'll get on that, right? Won't we, Aaron? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you are listening to Star Wars Bookworms number 76 or episode 76. I don't know why I said it like that. Star Wars Bookworms episode 76. I'm one of your hosts, Teresa Delgado, and Aaron Goins is with me as always, and we are going to read some of our listener feedback. So Aaron gets to go first. We got an email from Dante, um, who has sent us a number of emails in the past. So thank you, Dante, for the email. And we had specifically asked, well, I'll say Teresa has specifically asked for feedback about non-Star Wars movies for whatever reason. So we actually got some. So this one, the title of the email is Wonder Woman and Stuff. So this fits the bill. Uh, he says, Hosts, I am looking forward to Spider-Man but have no interest in Cars 3. Sorry. However, Wonder Woman was great. I could go in depth, but I'll just say that I love her theme more than any non-Star Wars theme and probably more than most Star Wars themes. Speaking of Star Wars, the end of that movie felt a lot like the whole throne room sequence at the end of Return of the Jedi. Not exact, of course, but very similar. He says, possible spoilers, so you need not read this if you don't want to, but similar in how the dialogue action played out. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't read this spoiler for Wonder Woman. What do you think? Go ahead. Spoilers for Wonder Woman. Spoilers for Wonder Woman. like 30 seconds. He says, Ares, Ares is the Emperor and sometimes Vader. Otherwise, the world of men is Vader and Diana is Luke, even with the lightning at the end, too. Thanks for the shows and the interactions on Facebook and Goodreads. Utini Dante. So Dante liked Wonder Woman, but he's not a fan of cars, so he doesn't he's no interest. Well So he's like your friend and then not your friend. Mm-hmm. I will say that if you have no interest in cars because of Cars 2, you need to just kind of forget that Cars 2 exists because Cars 3 is literally what everybody wanted from Cars 2. I would think. Anyway. So we didn't Aaron, you've seen it, I've seen it, so Yeah, Cars Three was fun. Um I liked Wonder Woman as well. So when we've last talked about these movies we hadn't seen them yet. Now we have Correct. seen them. Correct. Now we so have seen them. We're not gonna do full reviews on here. That's for other shows. No, that's for but, other shows. Um, but I did enjoy both movies. Me as well. If you can't tell by my Instagram, I love car 
Myers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one is from Jeff Myers. Again, this is about Wonder Woman, so fast forward 30 seconds if you haven't seen it. Just in case. Actually, there's no... No spoilers in this one. There's no spoilers in this one. I agree with Teresa's comment about Wonder Woman's new theme music. I think it's a great fit for the character. If the movies can, quote, do her justice, unquote, I think that music will become as synonymous with the character as John Williams' Superman and Danny Elfman's Batman. Sincerely, Jeff. That's a really, really good comparison about that that particular music. It's so true because like you hear the Batman theme and it's like, oh, that's Batman. And you hear John Williams is Superman and it's very, that's like, it's like how Star Wars is, you know? Like John Williams just creates this like epic, epic music. So now Wonder Woman has her own theme. I think so. Yeah, I think there's that recognizable, you know, music cue that pops in occasionally with her. And she they even used it in dawn of justice so it's well that was where it first came through but in the right in the wonder woman movie there's you hear that theme but there's so much more to it it's like whoever i don't know who it was that composed woman wonder woman but they expanded on that really like rocking out guitar solo theme and almost made it to where it could be used like at any point in time either slow or fast or quiet like it was really cool so we have an email from Thomas Wyman, and he says, Hi, Teresa and Aaron. I just wanted to write in and say I am a newer listener started around Celebration Orlando. I was just listening to your latest show talking about Vader Down. I am one of the folks posting on posting my bookshelf. I agree. I love seeing that from all the fans. Since none of my family or friends are into Star Wars books like I am, it is so cool to know I am not alone in my obsession. I really enjoy the way you two go through the canon and review books that may have been out for a little bit. Yeah, we, we don't do that on purpose. It's just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> we're bad about keeping up with everything. I love it that people appreciate it, though. A lot of people have said that, where they're like, oh, we actually kind of like that you guys are behind. It allows us to catch up. So you're welcome. Uh, he says, gives me a great refresher and new perspective on threads in these stories I may not have thought of. Anyways, I really look forward to your review of Thrawn. I love that book, and it is one of my favorites so far. Keep up the great podcast, and thanks for putting it out, Tom Wyman. Well, you're in luck, Tom, because we are actually reviewing Thrawn today. Woohoo! Way to be on top of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in our last email, we actually got a really awesome, super, super long, but still very awesome email from where did it go scott heinrichs and he had a lot of really really awesome things to say and so scott i'm not gonna read your email because it is really long but keep emailing us your thoughts as you go through the show and you listen back to all the other shows and everything and we're so glad that you are listening to the show and that you found us and it's really awesome that you are joining us so thank you I think we have a lot more feedback to get into, or not really feedback, but we had asked for people's comments about Thrawn, so we will talk about that or mention those comments when we actually get to our Thrawn review later in the episode. Right, and we have some people that commented about Wonder Woman and some of the other movies, but it was mixed in with their Thrawn comments, so we're just going to read those all together at the end. All right. Um so there was a couple news items. We'll just get through them quickly because we do have a ton of feedback. 
but um, there actually was an Inferno Squad excerpt released today. Did you get a chance to read that? No. And I never do. I never read the excerpts before I read the books. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you do that. Yeah, I, I'm weird. I did read it. It's a Christian. It's a Christy Golden book. I like Christy Golden. I'm excited about it. But it does... We're getting a lot of these books that are from the Imperial perspective. And I'm not a big fan of the bad guys, typically. So I was kind of reading it thinking... She's talking about... You know, she's a TIE fighter pilot. And she's talking about wanting to destroy the rebels. And blowing up somebody's Y-wing. And I'm like, hey, you know... The, why did you blow up the Y-wing? They're good guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was my only hang-up as I'm reading. I'm like, oh man, another... Because, you know, Thrawn, we're going to talk about Thrawn today, told mm-hmm. completely from the Imperial perspective. And so, you know, give me a good Rebel book. I guess Rebel Rising. I need to pick that up. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. <laughs> so another item that we had in, that came up in the news is the Captain Phasma comic that's coming. We So we know we have a novel coming. We have the F- Captain Phasma comic coming. A lot of uh, cool Phasma stuff hopefully coming up that I think we both talked about before that we're both pretty excited for this. But they we did finally get some more information about, not too much, but a little bit more information. The solicitation copy came out for the first couple issues. And I thought there was some interesting information, so I just wanted to read it and maybe get your thoughts on it too. Um, but basically, here's the solicitation copy for issue one of Captain Phasma from Marvel. As the excitement ramps up for this December's Star Wars The Last Jedi, come back with us to the final moments of The Force Awakens and the destructive destruction of the Starkiller base to learn the fate of Captain Phasma. Captured by the Resistance and thrown into a garbage masher, we follow the chrome-adorned warrior from the site of the First Order's biggest defeat to the doorstep of this holiday's season's biggest blockbuster. So I just thought it was hmm. interesting because they're placing kind of the time period and we're they're actually going to pick up from her being thrown into the garbage masher, which is kind of something that we've all wondered about what what went down after that. And, um, you know, so I, I thought that was kind of cool that they're going to fill in the, those little details that um, were still unclear from The Force Awakens. And that's one of the things I like about the whole Star Wars universe right now is that that's something that they can do. They can take, like, where something ended in a film, do it in the comics, and if people want to know about it, they can go and read it. If they don't really care, then they don't really need to know. You know, like, it's not in the film. But, like... That consistency is so awesome for me. I don't know. I think it's neat because it's just like, give me all the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Phasma's getting, you know, she's getting her own comic series and her own novel. So mm-hmm. if you're a fan of that character or maybe felt like there wasn't enough um, or she didn't get enough to do in that first movie, we're definitely going to be getting her in all forms now and, and hopefully more in the next movie as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, though. My only fear is that they're going to do like, okay, so we didn't give her enough time. People are upset about it, so let's give her a comic and a novel. And then when we don't give her much time in the next movie, people won't be pissed. <laughs> right. But I think people will still be mad. This will be, yeah, this is just them covering for the fact that she's not actually in the movie that much. That would be bad. That would totally suck. <laughs> that would be so horrible. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case. Um, another thing that was out or that's coming is that the anthology where we're getting the 40 stories for the 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, um, we did get a little bit more information about that as well. Thanks to a website, Jedi, a bibliotech, 
so they kind of gathered some information. Just we don't we still don't know everything. We don't know all the authors. We don't know all the stories that are going to be in there. But we did get a little bit of information. So to kind of refresh everyone's memory as far as the what this is, there is the kind of the blurb here of the information of what what this thing's going to be. So how about you read that? Yes. Okay, so the book is called Star Wars from a Certain Point of View. And the kind of blurb we have so far is, In honor of the 40th anniversary of Star Wars A New Hope, this unique anthology features Star Wars stories by best-selling authors, trend-setting artists, and treasured voices from Star Wars' literary history. Over 40 authors have lent their unique vision to 40 scenes, each retelling a different moment from the original Star Wars film, but with a twist. Every scene is told from the point of view of a seemingly minor character, whether it's the X-Wing pilots who helped Luke destroy the Death Star or the stormtroopers who never did find the droids they were looking for. Star Wars, from a certain point of view, places the classic movie in a whole new perspective. I'm still, every time I read that, I get more excited for this. Yeah, it it sounds really cool. And we did get a little bit more information about a few of the stories. So we don't know all 40. I don't think they've even announced all the authors yet. They're kind of slowly releasing more and more information. And they're not yeah. they're not even doing I, like a big post where like, hey, this is the 40 authors and this is the stories. It's like you have to follow them on Twitter and look at this blog post and that. And you kind of pick up this information here and there. Mm-hmm. So what has been r- revealed so far is that Gary Whitta is going to be writing one of the stories. It says, Gary Whitta bridges the gap from Rogue One to A New Hope through the eyes of Captain Antilles. Ooh, that's cool. I only got this one. Aunt Beru finds her voice in an intimate character study by Meg Cabot. Um, and then Nendi Okafor brings dignity and depth to a most unlikely character, the monster in the trash compactor. <laughs> nice, the Dianoga. That's awesome, right? That's what he is, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm like, I'm like, that's it, right? <laughs> okay. Pablo Hidalgo provides a chilling glimpse inside the mind of Grand Moff Tarkin. And then surprisingly, this name kind of surprised yeah. me. The last one, Will Wheaton, spins a poignant tale of the rebels left behind on Yavin. So... So there's there's four authors. I think we knew Witta was going to be in it. Pablo Hidalgo makes sense. Um, I'm not familiar with the other two authors. Um, we knew their names were listed were on they? that thing that was at Celebration, but we didn't know what they were doing. I okay. think we have very little information about what the stories are going to be. This is, to at least for me, unless I'm just blind and can't read things, these were the first sort of some stories we're getting summaries right? that I'm aware of. Yeah, I think this is all we know so far as far as the stories. Now, we do know more of the authors. More of the authors have been announced. But as far as the actual stories, and I think this is the first time um, we're hearing Will Wheaton's name. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, kind of famous for being in Star Trek The Next Generation, but then beyond that, he does a lot of, uh, like, web web geeky stuff um he's a bit web famous i guess you could say web famous Tabletop well he's the one who does, good, does geek uh, and sundry right or no um i think he partners with them sundry, sometimes but tabletop games but he does tabletop the show there um and he participates in a lot of of different geeky stuff online so mm-hmm. so yeah and i think there were some people that had issue with him writing a story because of uh he has said some negative things in the past about like the prequels 
Um, but not that this would be the first time we've had somebody that's negative about the prequels uh, contribute to the Star Wars universe. So, right, eh. and like some of the other some of the other authors that are included, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, uh, they've done some stuff for Disney, and they did I forget they did something recently that I read. I can't remember what it was. Let's see, Tom Engelberger, who he did all of those books that were like the the like high school like the or the kids in school jedi academy books uh meg cabot ray carson zoraida cordova delilah dawson who's doing the phasma book um paul denny alexander freed who did twilight company jason fry christy golden claudia gray ek johnson and ashley Eckstein. so the team that did ahsoka paul kemp gary witta chuck windig that Nindy Okafor, John Jackson Miller, Ken Liu. There's a bunch of people, but I'm excited. I'm getting more and more excited, actually. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, super, super awesome. It comes out on October 3rd, so we've got a little bit of ways to go for that with some more announcements. So we are going to review Thrawn, and I think we're going to do it a little bit different than we've probably ever done a review before because we've never really asked our listeners to participate in a review Mm-mm. but today we did we posted on facebook you posted a picture of the spine of your book and you're like hey guys we're going to be reviewing thrawn tonight if you have any comments put them here and then you did a video right before our recording or about an hour and a half before our recording you did a video asking for more comments <laughs> dragged me into the video unknowingly <laughs> i didn't know you could do that yeah i was i just got some kind of weird notification on my phone i was like sure oh wait i'm on a video I'm on a live video. So yeah, we we are going to be reading your comments and I think that'll be a good way to kind of do kind of give our own thoughts on the book. So as we read your comments, it'll spark conversation about our thoughts on the book. And hopefully it won't take 2 hours, but we will get through this review of Thrawn. So yeah. this is kind of experimental. We'll see if, how this works out. Experimental. Okay. Well, you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. So we are reviewing Thrawn. It was released through Delray Books. The author is Timothy Zahn, and it was released April 11th, 2017. And I would just like to... Let's give ourselves a pat on the back, Erin. This is the fastest we've it's done not, a book. It's not the fastest. We've done books it's faster. Not, but we're good about no, the novels. No, we did, um, we did Catalyst very quickly. I think we did Ahsoka pretty quick, too. But yeah, we... Mm. Yeah, we can turn the novels around pretty quick. Um, it's the comics that we take so long to get around to. It's true. But we are, because this book has been out for a couple months now, almost almost a couple months, um, we are going to be talking full spoilers. So full on. If you have not read the book yet or you don't want to hear spoilers, maybe wait until you finish reading the book and come back. So... How do you want to tackle this? you want to just start going through some of these comments and then see where it takes us? Yeah. Well, I'll start with this first one that we got in an email. So this one is from Jared Mays, and he says, Hey, y'all. What's up? I saw you wanted to hear our Thrawn opinion, so here's my hot take of negativity. Oh, man. We're starting out Uh-oh. negative. I was super hyped for this book and was a little disappointed. Thrawn is such an A-list Star Wars villain, and putting him up against pirates just wasn't enough of a threat. 
Put more positively, it's a really great lead into Rebel Season 3, but far from the definitive Thrawn or Zahn novel. I may skip it unless you read every, or, or he says, sorry, he says, I say skip it unless you read everything, or a big Rebels fan, or a Thrawn super fan also, and he's yelling when he says this, Teresa, you need to read the Thrawn trilogy. Every time you say that, you haven't read them, and Ewok dies. <laughs> Whoa. But seriously, I'm a long-time Star Wars Bookworms fan, and I'm in- interested to hear your thoughts. May the Force be with you, Jared Mates. I will, okay, so Aaron and I have discussed this, and we've discussed the best way for me to go about reading the Thrawn trilogy. So this is how it's going to work, so that all of you know, because I think you care. At least I hope you care. I am going to read the Thrawn trilogy once Rebels is over, and they have completed Thrawn's canon appearance right i think that is that's your fair. plan that is my plan i i think that it's it makes sense um there are times when i see things in rebels with thrawn or even reading this novel and i'm like oh i wish Teresa knew kind of the background on this yeah. <laughs> but you'll just be able to see it kind of from the other perspective so yes once once they're done season four of rebels i think would be the time for you to go back yeah. I actually did listen to a little bit of the audiobook of Heir to the Empire today just as a preparation for this review because I, it's been a long time since I've read those books. And I wanted to remind myself kind of how Thrawn was portrayed in those books and see if it kind of made, if it matched up with how he's portrayed in this novel and even how he is portrayed in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to probably about an hour of it just to kind of get a feel for the character again. So it's, I will say this, and we can get into it more later, but it's definitely a, a very different portrayal, even though it's the same author. You think? Yeah, definitely. Why? I think I'm going to save it for later comments that are more relevant. Okay, so what do you think about what he's saying here about this particular book, that having him put up against pirates wasn't enough of a threat because he's supposed to be like this huge villainy guy? Um, I think the purpose of this book was to kind of give the show the rise of Thrawn from, you know, him being discovered by the Empire and him kind of working his way up the ranks and the way he did it. Um, It's a lot different than what we've gotten previously with Thrawn from like the heir of the Empire and all that stuff, the Thrawn trilogy. This is a different time in his life. And I thought it worked i mean the pirate him having to go up against the pirates and things like you can't have this you know galaxy ending conflict with ron at this point yet you know they're mm-hmm. saving some of that stuff probably for the end of rebels and maybe beyond you know depending on when this character meets his end if he does so i think um for this novel i actually thought it worked it was fine yeah, I didn't mind it either, and I think that's one of the things you and I had talked about this off air. That in this one, it's like interesting because in Rebels in the TV show, he's portrayed as this like huge, this super scary villain, and in this book, it almost makes him seem kind of like a sort of good guy. But I wouldn't even say that. I would just say that it for lack of a better term, because he is an alien, it humanizes him a little bit, which almost in my eyes makes him scarier. 
you know, that mm. now I can understand like his brain and it almost makes it even more terrifying to know how he thinks and how he operates and how he can figure everything out to the point that like, I'm scared for Hera and crew because I'm just like, don't even move. Just don't move at all. He can read your minds. <laughs> he can read everything about you by the way you move your hand. Uh, so it just, it was very thought-provoking for me. Well, you kind of went there, so I, th- I guess I will, I'll go there now then. Because we did get another comment, um, I'm, and this is from Brandon Boylan on Facebook. But he, kind of like you just said, he says, the thing that intrigues me about this book is how Thrawn is not a bad guy, in quotes. He is someone who is doing what he thinks is right, doesn't cross moral barriers, and invests in people. Sounds a lot like the Rebellion. So where do we draw the line of good and evil gets you thinking? Um, Mm -hmm. Evil is Arinda Price. So, and this is actually probably my... (laughs) I mean that. Yeah, I di- don't disagree with you. Arinda Price is a horrible, horrible person in this book. Um, and we'll talk about that as well. But kind of jumping back to what you were saying about him kind of being a good guy and Brandon saying it as well, that is my that is actually my biggest problem with this book because I don't think that is a consistent portrayal of this character in the way that you see him in Rebels and the way that he's portrayed in Legend. Now, I do know Legends is different. Legends is not canon anymore, so they don't necessarily have to abide by that. But um, being that it's the same author, you would think there would be some consistency. But I think Timothy Zahn has taken this opportunity um, and almost rewrote the character a little bit. Um, And when I watch Rebels and I see him being ruthless and he loses his temper with people and he you know, make some guy ride a speeder bike until it explodes and kills him. That is an evil, like, imperial character that I, you know, can hate, you know, and like, this is a bad guy. But when I read this book, I'm like, no, this, in the book, he's portrayed as this guy who's always even kill, never loses his temper. He is so logical about everything he does. And he is, he does care about human life. He tries to, you know, when he attacks, he tries to limit the number of casualties. That's not the that's not him in Rebels. No, but it is. It is because he is calculating the same way. He does examine everything. I mean, all of the art stuff is there. Like he knows everything about every species and all that stuff. I think many of those things are still there. But and he doesn't lose his temper. He doesn't lose his cool. But we do have that one moment in the show when he completely completely loses his crap, and you're just like, oh my god! I forget what episode that was, where he lost it, and then he started to regain his composure back. But I think it does fit. The only thing I think is different is the maybe like caring about the loss of human life because when it comes to this particular rebel cell, like he doesn't seem to really truly care, at least from what we're seeing in the show. But there's no telling what they're going to do with season four. Right. You and know? It's, not, it's not so different that I can't reconcile it and just be, and move on and say, you know what, there's differences in creative, creative liberties. The people that are writing him in Rebels are different than Timothy Zahn. So there's going to be some differences a little bit of inconsistency but 
I sometimes I don't always like it when they try to make um, characters who are initially meant to be evil, but then they realize they're a fan favorite. So like, oh, let's make this guy good and just misunderstood, or let's let's give him some uh, good intentions so we can actually see him as a good character. Sometimes I just wish they would let the bad guys be bad. It's almost like he but wasn't he, evil enough in this book. No, he was but too he much was, of a good guy. Uh, no, but see, mm, I disagree with that. Oh, I know. I think we do, We and you are going to completely disagree on this point. But I think it's our definition of bad guy or whatever. And by the way, we keep saying bad guy, which makes me want to say, Thrawn, you are a bad guy. But that doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Uh, I just watched Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I think it's our definition of, of villains, maybe, better word. Because for me, villains that are more accessible are scarier than your villains that are just straight scary. When someone becomes more human to you, but they're still not a good person, and they do things that are bad, that's even more frightening to me so the fact that i'm now inside of his head and like understand the way that he thinks and the kind of things that he cares about but doesn't care about and that he'll make exceptions for because you know that's gonna eventually happen to those people like think i think he was talking about the nemoidians like towards the end it's like oh my god you know you're saying all this stuff and I can totally understand where you're coming from. But in the end, like you're not going to be a good person. Like you're still going to do what the empire wants you to do, or you're still going to do the thing that destroys lives, or you're still going to, even if it's not a lot, you know, and it just freaks me out. And then the fact that he now knows what the death star is freaks me out even more. (laughs) Like, Oh, I know I understand too much about his brain now for me to be comfortable. <laughs> One thing they did in this book that was interesting <laughs> was kind of that inner monologue that his, where he's oh. reading people and kind of reading their gestures and I to me actually it was it was actually a little overdone, but I did like it and they've never done that with Thrawn before. This is the I first time that. that they that they've shown that and and I know um, Zahn has talked about how Thrawn is like Sherlock Holmes in space. Yes, that's and, so cool. And like when I read the Thrawn trilogy, you're kind of like, okay, I get that. Like I see the similarities. But in this book, he went all in. He was basically like, okay, I'm going to make him Sherlock Holmes. Like he's reading people. He knows what you're going to do based on, you know, like you said, the way you move your hand or, you know, because of something that's on your clothes. Like it's very Sherlock Holmes-like. Even to the point of um, of Eli Vantu being like his Watson. You know, he had his own Watson. So it was almost a little like, okay, we get that it's supposed to be Sherlock Holmes, but does it have to be exactly like Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Yes? Okay. And I I figured, you know, people appreciate that and it's it's cool and all, but it was a little bit much for me. But I did enjoy kind of seeing that inner monologue. It made him... It made you understand the mind and how he was, how he does what he does, a little bit yes, more than we've scary. gotten previously. Freaky, 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 freaky. But I did really like it because I did towards the end. I did a mashup audiobook, read the book type of deal. I think you did the same thing. 
for a little bit of it. You were doing the mashup. But when I was just listening to the audiobook, I have to say, since we're gonna since I'm on it right now, Mark Thompson's Thrawn is chilling. Just like Thrawn in Rebels. I mean, it's so close, it's scary. And it the first time I heard him talk, like when the book opens, it sent chills down my spine the same way it does when Thrawn talks when I see the show, and that was like, oh my god. Uh but I did like those monologues because you got to hear Thrawn talking like in Mark Thompson's Thrawn voice and it was just very cool. I think it's more impactful in the audiobook than maybe just on the page when you're reading it, you know? Yeah, and I think we were kind of calling it our the hybrid approach to reading this book where you do some audiobook, some actual book. And I actually originally started out with the intent to just read the whole book and not do audio at all. And then you started telling me how good the audiobook was. So I was like, all right. So I jumped into the audiobook, listened to a lot of it that way. Definitely had different voices for some of the characters I had already come up with voices in my head for. Mm-hmm. So I had to change that up a little bit. But you're right. Thrawn was spot on. He he nailed that voice. Um, and oddly enough, he actually is the one that did Thrawn's voice for the remake of the audiobook for Heir to the Empire. Oh, cool. And it's totally different. (laughs) It's totally different because that was before Rebels, so he wasn't trying to mimic that sound. So it was kind of funny listening back to Heir to the Empire. Even though it was Mark Thompson in both books, it's a completely different sounding Thrawn. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So getting back to some of these comments, I actually want to read this one because of the person that was talking about, I forget who it was now. We've read a lot of names. That Jeffrey... Payne hasn't read the Thrawn trilogy either. And so he said, I like the style of the writing and the look into Thrawn's thinking that we got in this book. So there's that. As someone who hasn't read the original Thrawn trilogy, it helped me to better appreciate his character. I like that we got some backstory for Governor Price and Eli too. I think the book would have been kind of bland without them. My only real complaint was that it took me out of the story with all the italics text until I got used to it. Once I adjusted, I was able to appreciate how it helped the reader know it was Thrawn's thoughts. This book made me hope for a book about Eli Vanto and his time with the Chiss. Me too! Oh, I thought that too. I think that could be a whole new area we could explore. I wouldn't complain if we got another book about Thrawn either. Okay, he brings up some good points. So when we were just talking about the the inner monologue of Thrawn, I could see that for the reader that it might throw them out of it. That's why I liked it in the audiobook because... I wasn't looking at italics text. It just became him talking and you could tell it was that inner monologue. And I was like, that's so cool. Um, the, the whole thing about Eli joining it with the Chiss, that is, it's actually kind of uh, similar to some legend stuff. Ooh, with, do tell, tell were, stories. <laughs> there was a character in legends who kind of, it was a human character that ended up uh, growing up with the with the chiss and kind of uh being influenced by their culture um so i thought that was interesting that they kind of introduced that idea again we're not sure eli vantu is a new character he's canon you know he's not somebody that they pulled out of legends they actually did a good that i was kind of wondering because when the book started and they introduced theron it's straight out of a, a legend story how the empire finds him and even some of the characters that interact with him. And I was like, wow, they really are pulling from legends. And then that was pretty much it after that. They didn't, 
do anything you know beyond that kind of initial meeting of Thrawn that that was pulled from Legends because I was thinking oh there's because there's a lot of popular characters in the Thrawn trilogy um, that they could have mentioned um, you know Talon Card or um, Admiral Pallion there's different characters who I was actually surprised didn't show up or at least get mentions so. I will say that I was kind of sad that there wasn't a line in the book that says this is the chimera launch the attack. <laughs> I was kind of sad. <laughs> that would have been cool. I wanted it to be there really bad. I kept waiting for it. Like the whole book I was waiting for, this is the chimera launch the attack, and it never happened. And I was like, boom. <laughs> Maybe if we ever update our intro um, to include quotes from the canon stuff, then maybe we'll find a good quote from this book about the Chimera. Maybe. But I do like what he said about a book about Eli and the Chiss. I think that would be really, really interesting. But I almost feel like the Chiss, and maybe I'm wrong because I haven't read enough legend stuff, but I feel like the Chiss is almost like Yoda's species. Like, they don't want to tell you too much, you know? They won't even give you, like, the name. <laughs> right. They're very mysterious uh, they seem to hold some power, you know. They have this Chiss ascendancy, their own little empire almost. And you know, if if Thrawn is any indication of what their species is like, they would be a formidable opponent. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is interesting, and we still didn't even with this book. It's not like they gave us a big introduction to these people. We only really got to see Thrawn, um, and they've they've kind of fleshed them out in Legends, but the canon version of the species it's interesting um there's still a lot of mystery and even kind of the idea of thrawn talking about these threats that are coming from you know outside of the galaxy like close to the the chiss and the chiss are aware of these threats but the empire and the republic are not um they never really explained what that was either and in legends that was kind of like the use and vong but mm -hmm. you know i don't think they're going there with this i don't think the use and vong are coming into canon so it'll be interesting to see if they ever reveal what that big threat was. So another thing Jeffrey mentions in his emails talking about Price and Eli and like getting their backstory. And so that actually kind of ties into another comment from Tom Wyman who said, the stories of Vanto and Governor Price were particularly good. I really enjoyed diving into how Price became what she is now from working for the family business to then basically alienating them for personal gain. Doing that with her friends on Coruscant as well, outing the rebel sympathizers that were her friends, then showing how she kept tabs on Thrawn throughout his ascent holy crap let's talk about price she's crazy she's a psycho she's mean she's evil and she's all those things yeah after reading this book it made me really happy um to think of the scene of or the fight between her and sabine where sabine gets the best of her exactly right oh my gosh it makes that all all the more enjoyable to watch because yeah she is not a good person she starts out you know very innocent very and you actually kind of start to think oh you know she's actually a good person you know she's, she's nice she's not that terrible you know she's Whatever. having a hard time finding her way in life and she gets screwed over by this you know moth or whoever it was who governor, tried to set her it up governor. it was governor what was his name azadi yeah, gov maybe it was Governor Azadi, Ryder Azadi, and then and then Senator Ranking had a part to play in that. Stupid politics. Well, yeah, they had Azadi who 
funny enough, shows up in Rebels as a good guy, but in this book, he, he should. Does? Yeah, he's that he's that guy with the cool hat and the white beard that helps Ezra out on um, Lothal, the former governor. <gasps> no. Yeah, Ryder is the same guy. Same guy. What? So yeah, so he actually like frames um, Arinda's mother for embezzlement, which I'm thinking, wow, that doesn't seem like something this guy would do. But so he's he in a way is kind of bad. So that sets her off kind of on the wrong foot and kind of angry at, at the world. But then she ends up going to Coruscant and getting involved in that world. And then she has something else happen to her where they try to set her up where the guy basically tries to blackmail her, um, you know, by throwing drugs at her. Uh, so that whole Who thing. Who was that? That was Moff. I forget the name of that one. She was working for ranking, but Moff it was Gotti. the other guy. So, yeah. So then basically... Basically, throughout all the different events, she gets more and more angry and more and more um, driven to gain power, I guess, so she can control her own destiny. And yeah, turn- to the point to where she blows up like an entire civil- like civilization underneath a shield and it just like implodes. Stupid. Ugh. Yeah, it's, she just became a bad person. And I don't think she started out as a bad person, which is usually probably the case for anybody that's that's bad that becomes bad. They don't necessarily start out that way. Uh, it's things that happen to them in their life. So, yeah, I, as the book went on more and more, I was just like, I do not like her at all. Um, they didn't do for her what they did for Thrawn, where they, they actually made Thrawn seem like he had good intentions throughout the entire book. She did not. She was purely trying to gain power, and she didn't care who she had to stomp on or kill to get there, um, where she basically killed thousands of people at the end just to cover up um, her killing that one man. So yeah, and then she betrayed her friends, like the the girl who she totally turns in Jewa here, like no problem. She's like, bye, Felicia. Yeah, yeah. So, can I can I say though the only negative about the audiobook is her friends, um, Driller and Jewa here. I hated their voices. I I did. I did not like their voices. Also, I don't like the name Jewa here. Red. And then because she, Jua here sounds like you're saying something here, like here, like either here, H-E-R-E or here, H-E-A-R. It was hard to understand that that was all one word. Hmm. And it bugged the living daylights out of me. I just didn't like how they gave them this, the very stereotypical kind of valley. She had like that valley girl kind of accent and then. Driller was like the dude. He was yeah. like, yeah. 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 No, I didn't like it either. I know. I was just like, oh, did we have to go so, so stereotypical on these voices? But yeah, that was my only gripe. Other, otherwise, I actually really liked all the other voices. He nailed Thrawn perfectly. And even Vanto, Vanto, even though I didn't imagine that he had kind of that southern accent, once I heard it in the in the audiobook, it didn't bother me. Yeah, it went it went well for me. I actually I enjoyed it. So, let's see, who shall we read next? Um, how about Amanda Reynolds was actually the first one to give us a comment. So let's yeah. read her. So she says, "I enjoyed the book for its cerebral aspects. However, I found it the same to read as Tarkin or Catalyst. It was really good, but not the type of story that drew me in, like A Lost Stars, Lords of the Sith, or Rebel Rising." So. I can completely understand that sentiment. I actually, I had a hard time with this one and, and a couple other people in the comments 
mentioned this as well. It starts out slow. It, it's it can be a bit of a slow read. It's it, there were parts that were plot like kind of plotting. So I completely understand where she's coming from, and I'm kind of the same way. Like Tarkin, I was like okay, Catalyst, same thing. Although I think I enjoyed Catalyst a little bit more than I enjoyed uh, Thrawn, but. Yeah, it got a little technical. It got a little boring. There wasn't a lot of action. So I agree that it kind of started off slow, but I am one of those people that I don't love space battles in books. We've discussed this before. Right. However, I think because of Thrawn's detailed tactical nature, he made the space battles easier for me to comprehend because I think the reason I don't like space battles is that it's hard for me to understand them because I get all the ships confused and I can't understand like placement, you know, of ships and I'm not military like that. You know, my brain just doesn't work that way. But the way that they described it in here coming from, you know, his super over analytical tactical brain, I was actually able to picture it. So that made them more tolerable, which was pretty cool. But I like what she says about the fact that it was not like a Lost Stars or a Rebel Rising because I was reading Thrawn and then Rebel Rising came out and I got the audiobook for Rebel Rising and I thought I would just listen to a little bit of it and then go back to Thrawn. That's not what happened. Rebel Rising took over and I plowed through Rebel Rising in just a few days and it was so good. And there's something about the YA that's happening with star Wars and the way that it's written, that it just like pulls me in. Yeah. For, for me, I mean, kind of my overall thoughts on this one, I liked the book because of it filling in the backstory for Thrawn and giving us more information on Thrawn, but I did find it kind of boring. I will agree with Amanda and and the other people in our chat or in our um, comments here that are saying the same thing. I, I had a hard time with it. It, it's definitely not in my top of the new canon books. It's more informative and in kind of the same way that Tarkin and Catalyst were to me. And, but it's not like this really fun adventure that I enjoyed reading. And I was reminded the difference when I went back and started listening to Heir to the Empire. Even just the first like four chapters that I listened to in Heir to the Empire, I was so much more engaged because of, you know, I don't know, the other elements that were involved. You know, there were elements with, you know, dark jedi and you know creatures that could block the force and you know him seeking down seeking out this you know dark jedi to help him you know join to try to get him to join the empire to help him and all this stuff so there were more than just him going around with vanto like one mystery to another figuring out you know things and reading people yeah, so I guess to kind of go on with that, to bring up some of the other comments. So Kai Charles actually said, it was a slow read initially for me, then really picked up after 100 pages or so. I found myself really noticing themes of discrimination this time around. Thrawn has to be perfect, work three times as hard, and still know at the end of the day, many see him as nothing more than an alien despite his rank. And Eli suffers by association. I loved Eli's journey from resentful sidekick to someone that sees Thrawn worth, Thrawn's worth as a person. And then Jacqueline Cook actually agreed and said, I agree, minus the slowness. I was giddy reading that first scene. It set the pace for me nicely. So I 
can agree with the slowness, but I, I'm glad she brought up the whole thing about kind of like the alien discrimination and the way that the Empire discriminates against aliens and everything is all human because it's so true. And it's it's like he moved up the ranks because people couldn't really argue with the outcomes of the decisions that he made. They didn't like the fact that he made those decisions and that they were that he got those positive outcomes and that he was better than everybody else, you know? But I did feel bad for Eli because I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, I think Eli was actually my favorite character in the book. Uh, I liked that he was a new character. I enjoyed his perspective on things. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of the the normal man that gets to hang out with Thrawn. Although he, you know, it, be, it became pretty good himself in the Empire and in, in r- rising up the ranks as well. He actually was held back because of Thrawn for a while, but everybody started to realize his value as well. And I think Thrawn saw it in him from the beginning. So it was it was definitely cool to see. But yeah, the themes of discrimination and, you know, Thrawn having to constantly fight against all these people that are trying to hold him down um, was definitely an interesting theme. Well, and it also seemed like he was at times kind of clueless, but I think maybe that was just an angle he was playing. I don't think he was really that clueless. No. Mm-mm. No, I never I never felt like he wasn't in control of just about every situation he was in. Well, you know, because Price makes this comment at the end about him needing, he doesn't understand politics and all that stuff. And I don't know if that's really true or if he really didn't, you know? I still haven't figured that out. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just needed a way to tie him into Rebels. Maybe. Now, contrary to where you see Thrawn falling in your book lineup, Jacqueline Cook, this is like her favorite so far. (laughs) So let's read what she has to say here. I can't say enough good things about this book. I love how it builds up into plot points inside Rebels, that it covers a period of Thrawn's life that wasn't explored previously and builds up price. But most of all, I feel like this book really gives me an inside look at Thrawn's mind. So for me, personally, I agree with all of that. Just makes him scarier. She goes on to say, I couldn't help but grinning ear to ear during the initial events in Chapter 1, especially when he was explaining what he did and why he did it to the Imperial once brought on board the ship. Getting to read the italicized portion showing what Thrawn is thinking or observing was great insight to his character and really is a reason showing why books can show people in a different and interesting way compared to a movie or TV show as having the same sort of narrator saying what a character is thinking would be really hokey, but reading it almost makes me feel like I'm inside some sort of Thrawn virtual reality system and I'm seeing this data come across the screen of the people being interacted with. It's kind of cool. She says, of the canon books that have come out, this is probably my favorite so far. And in fact, I'm already reading it a second time. Nice. Yeah, I've definitely heard that sentiment from a lot of a lot of people. I really, really like this book a lot. Um, and I think I've been pretty open about what I enjoy to see in Star Wars books. And recently, the books that have been coming out are not geared toward the things that I like. But I can still appreciate it being a good book. It's just not. It's missing elements that you know I I would like to see, and plus it's a it's all about the bad guys. You know, and I don't typically like to read about the bad guys that much. It's like Thrawn. He's the guy that's trying to kill Kanan. He's trying to kill Hera. You know, he's. I'm not wanting to like him. That's true. 
And as far as uh, you know, reading everybody's comments on here, we we are still getting new comments in as we're recording this, and it's a very long list of comments. So if we don't get to your comment, um, don't feel bad. We we're kind of jumping around trying to grab comments that are relating to the different topics that we want to talk about, but um, we probably won't be able to get to every comment. We did have somebody on Twitter, I believe, ask kind of a just a pointed question. Do you think Thrawn helped with the creation of the First Order? This is from Andy Rissler on Twitter. Interesting question. <laughs> I would say, just right off the top of my head, I say no. I don't think he's going to be around um, that long. Although maybe things that he puts in place could lead to the First Order, but I really don't think there's going to be a connection. Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm honestly, I'm really not sure about that. I, I read that comment on twitter and then i was like i i don't know <laughs> yeah when i mean when we have this idea of this this threat that he's trying to protect from mm -hmm. and you're kind of wondering well what does that mean and we do know that um you know from reading empire's end that the first order kind of did start from them kind of leaving the galaxy and going far off and we're not sure of all the details so maybe there's a connection there where um, there were some people that were setting up something to protect from a larger threat coming from outside. And I know they played that whole idea in Legends with even the Emperor, you know, saying that, oh, he was just trying to take over the galaxy because he knew that there was a bigger threat coming, not because he was evil. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe that's an angle they'll play here too. But I really, I don't think that they're going to connect the two. Thrawn no, I don't think be, so. Thrawn's end is going to come, I think, during Rebels. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're going to connect him beyond that. All right, so let's see here. I want to read some comments from Brian Espinoza because he has some good stuff. He said, I love this book even when it was focusing on Price at the start. At the time, I saw no reason for her, but it made, scene, made sense as the story moved on. It was nice to see how Thrawn rose up in the ranks of the Imperial Navy. I loved how they tied in the Tarkin book with the inclusion of the Kanas pirates. That was pretty neat. There's just so much good in this book, I can't list it all. And then he commented in the live video, he said, I'm very interested to see what part Rook will play in Season 4. I know they won't go the whole Lady Vader arc, but they could go with Vader controlling them. Hmm. Yeah, I, the fact that they brought in Rook is interesting. I didn't think they would go there with Rebels. Uh, the Nagri being a major part of the Thrawn trilogy and beyond that, they show up you know, in the New Jedi Order and other books as well. I didn't think they would bring those characters into Rebels, but now that they have, I'm really curious to see how they're going to use him because in the, in the books, he was kind of Thrawn's personal bodyguard. Um, and then I won't say much more beyond that just because you haven't read them yet, so I don't want to spoil things for you. Uh, let me, seriously, those books have been out for forever. I'm I know, not really but for your sake, there's, there's things, there are things that um, you probably would rather read than hear me talk about. So I, I'm very curious. He, you know, Rook plays a, a pretty major role in the, in the books, so it'll be interesting to see how he is used in Rebels if he's used the same way. I don't think they're going to connect him to Vader, though. I think he'll be a connection mainly to Thrawn. 
speaking of the books I haven't read, John Liang said, did Zahn's reuse of the phrase flickered with pseudo motion to denote a starship going to light speed give any of y'all the nostalgic feels? Not me, because I don't have any nostalgic feels, and I don't really know what he's talking about. (laughs) So did it for you? (laughs) I saw that comment from John, and I'm actually really bad about remembering specific lines from books that I've read. So no, I didn't remember that. (laughs) Um, I think I had heard other people say that Zahn used a few lines in the book that were callbacks, and I didn't pick up on any of them. Um, It's been a long time since I've read those books, and I'm not one to reread a lot. So it's not like I've read Heir to the Empire 10 times or 20 times like a lot of people have. I've probably read it maybe three times, if that. All right, so speaking of the whole, like, slowness of the book, Mark Mulcaster makes a really, really, really good point. He said, I appreciate that with these character books, like Thrawn or Tarkin or even Catalyst, they're not going to be action-packed all the time, and you have time to spend in their headspace it's more cerebral, but I think it seems to make some of the character, the some of the chapters, a bit of a slog. So maybe that's what it is. That we're spending so much time in the characters' heads and like kind of learning about these characters that it sort of makes it slow. Yeah, and I think too, it's it's about people's taste in books. You know, a lot of people um, enjoy a book like this where you can really get into the character's head. You know, follow him through his kind of growth, um, see him grow through the empire like that. You know, somebody would, some people would prefer that over a book where it's like a lot of action and fighting and space battles and lightsaber battles and all that. Um, I, I'm glad that there's space for both types of books. So I wouldn't want every book to be like this, but I wouldn't want every book to be the other way either. So I think it's good that we have all types. So I, you know, I enjoyed reading this book, but it just wasn't up my alley. There were times where I found myself kind of my mind wandering, especially when I was doing the audiobook, where I'm just like, okay, we already know he's going to figure this out. <laughs> you know, See, what I think is interesting is how many times you've sort of said already that this book wasn't really like your thing. And I haven't really even commented on that, but like, I love this book. <laughs> I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it, but I think I like this kind of thing better. Like this whole going in and out of his head type of thing. Like it was very interesting to me. It held my attention. Yeah. I think you and I, in many occasions, um, enjoy different things about Star Wars. Yeah, because I definitely do enjoy that political aspect of Star Wars, and I know that you don't. Like that's one of the things that we are different on. You know, it's not that you don't enjoy it, but like you don't need you you like a lot more of the adventure type yes. stuff. Yeah, there wasn't enough of the adventure. You're right. That's that's the that's a good way to describe it. And the mm-hmm. and the funny thing is, like if you look back at Air of the Empire in that trilogy, it isn't like this book at all. This is a whole different kind of Zon book. You know, same author, mm-hmm. but it's a completely different style of book. So it's not something where you'd say Oh, if you really liked the Thrawn trilogy, you're gonna love Thrawn, or or vice versa, because they're really very different. If somebody went back expecting after reading Thrawn, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back and read the the Thrawn trilogy," don't expect it to be the same because it's it's not at all. 
Yeah, I think that's a good that's good to say. We the only person we haven't really talked about is Night Swan or Signy, who is like the main like pirate guy at the beginning. I didn't expect Signy to be Night Swan. That caught me by surprise. So that was kind of fun that I hadn't picked that up. I was like, ooh. Yeah, I actually liked that they did that because one of the things that I thought was missing in this book was kind of a a, th- a through line that connected everything. Because mm-hmm. it, it did seem like it was almost like this could have been a TV show where the adventures, oh, yeah. the adventures of Thrawn and Eli Vantu, you know, they could, you know, go figure out a mystery, you know, episode ends, they go figure out the next mystery and then he gets promoted at the end of each episode. <laughs> like it, it was very much like these uh, singular stories that were progressing, but there wasn't something that was connecting everything until they did the, re- the reveal of who Night Swan was. And then you're like, oh, okay, there was something connected. I just didn't see it yet. Um, and I do still feel like it was a bit disconnected, but that helped a little bit at the end um, that he was that person. And he he had kind of a tragic end, too. I like the conversation between him and Thrawn at the end, where Thrawn was trying to explain himself. Like, hey, we're not so different kind of conversation where they met in that field. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked that conversation where Thrawn was kind of saying, hey, you know... I can't, I kind of tricked the Empire to bring me in because I'm assessing the Empire and how I can use them because there's this bigger threat and he's trying to get Night Swan to join him. And I, I don't know. I, I thought that was a, a cool conversation. It was just sad that Night Swan met a tragic, fiery end because of Price. Yeah, but it kind of made me not hate Night Swan anymore. Well, he was the good guy. Yeah. Night Swan was the good guy. Thrawn's the bad guy. Well, I know, but like I, Night Swan was frustrating me. And then to hear who he actually was, why he was doing all the stuff he was doing, I thought was kind of cool. I did appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've really fleshed this book out. This kind of helps <laughs> talking about other people's points. <laughs> well, it's good to get everybody's input. You know, we don't we we sit here and talk about all these books um from our perspective but it's it's not very often that we get to kind of include the listener's perspective as well so i think this was was fun i'm sorry if we missed i know we did miss some there were too many comments to read i do have one more i want to read um this is by nathan thomas he's a fellow podcaster he actually sent me a message on twitter so i'm going to kind of go through this it's kind of long so i'm going to cut some stuff out but he did say i've never been a thrawn guy he just didn't click with me in the legend books however in this book i found myself really enjoying the character as of the new canon books this one is my favorite as of now the masterful writing of zahn takes you at a great pace across the galaxy and as thrawn ascends within the imperial ranks i love that it included the aforementioned emperor palpatine vader ularan and tarkin we didn't talk about the inclusion of vader and we both made a comment that we liked that so let's talk about that in a second in a second mm-hmm. uh, he says in he says my first real exposure to both the main characters of the book Thrawn and Price was in Rebels this book served as a great origin backstory for these two succeeding where other types of stories fail in short I love this book it is my recommendation that if someone is new to the this new Star Wars expanded universe and is looking for more stories to read in the canon they should start here now I don't know if I would say start here I would say start here with Lost Stars <laughs> big time but 
I think if you like Rebels enough that you want to know more about Thrawn, you could read this. But, um, yeah, let's talk about the Vader inclusion at the end. That was so fun. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I like the the different interactions that he had with the Emperor, even at the beginning of the book, uh, Mm -hmm. where he kind of explains to the Emperor... Uh, the threats that are coming and then and then he goes through his entire career and then meets the emperor again at the end mm-hmm. with vader and we we found out that he had met anakin before and kind of worked with anakin before yeah that was so cool too i want that story i agree with brian espinoza he said on one of his comments that he wants the story of thrawn and anakin me too yeah that would be a, a nice uh maybe a comic series or something yeah but yeah so i i like that i like that they brought in vader at the end and it's they never really they never really say that thrawn knows that vader is anakin but you'd have to you kind of just think that since thrawn is able to figure that kind of stuff out he probably has already figured it out Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i just thought that was so neat yeah. and also just the fact that there was some vader there was neat for me but even though i'm not like a huge vader person but i didn't really think that he knew vader but i also didn't think that he knew about the death star <laughs> it was like all new insight yeah i i agree with his comments though on the inclusion of those characters vader emperor Ularin was a nice touch mm-hmm. Ularin um played a role that reminded me although it, it wasn't completely parallel but did remind me of the the character uh, Palion from the Legends books, who was a main... there was a lot of people mentioning him in some of our comments. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but that's how it was always in my head when I read the books. But yeah, so it was kind of interesting to see different characters kind of play the role of characters that show that were in the original books, but not be the same character because. That's kind of what Vantu's role was as well. It was almost like if you took Vantu and Yularen and mashed them into one person, that's who Palion is. Yeah, Mark Mulcaster mentioned um, Palion and Brian Espinoza mentioned him also. So that's pretty neat. Okay, so we said we were going to read some comments that included things about other things and Thrawn at the same time. So I'm going to grab a few here. Let's see. Andrew Staples. He said, Wonder Woman is awesome. I haven't seen Cars 3 yet. Spider-Man is my all-time favorite superhero, so I have high hopes for the new movie. I have read all the Legends Thrawn books, and I love them. I'm not done with the new book yet, but I feel like it will be the best of anything Thrawn outside of him being on Rebels. I really hope Thrawn survives season four since he is my favorite EU character. And a quick shout-out to Aaron's Lego Freemakers podcast. He likes your podcast. He likes Star Scavengers. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah, and then Abba Vader said Cars 3 was awesome. Wonder Woman was amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing Spider-Man. The Thrawn audiobook is great. Mark Thompson does an incredible job of reading and has a wide range of voices. I want to see a comic of Thrawn and Anakin. Thank you for asking for comments and and doing such a great show. So thanks, everybody. And um, just really quick, so that we've mentioned it, Rob Robbins said, keep up the great work, really enjoy the podcast, and Brian said, I love this group. So I'm glad that the group is really working out. It actually worked really well for doing something like this. We should do it again. Yes. (laughs) We don't even have to review the books anymore. We just let them review it for us. 
Oh, I don't think they'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that Teresa's got the the whole face, now that she knows how to drag me into a Facebook Live video, I'm sure that's going to happen again too. I think so. I I do. I do think so. I think there was one. Oh, there's one other. No, wait. Just kidding. I read that. Lies. There are a few others that I could lied. be missed, but we got to most of them. We tried. We tried really hard. Um, you know what we need to do? We need to make an official document of our order of books so that when we say, okay, where does this fall in your order? You actually can place it. You like, know? like a ranking? Like we both have yeah. our rankings of the new canon? Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I love ranking stuff. Actually, we've... Um, Speaking of another podcast I do, Bad Wolf Radio is a Doctor Who podcast I do, and we've we've actually gotten a hard time from some of our listeners because they don't like it when we rank stuff. So I don't know if that's the same with with our listeners on Bookworms if people don't like us ranking books, but I love ranking stuff. I think it's fun. So, so we should do that. I'm Let's up get for on it. that. Yeah. You okay. Make your list. I'll make my list, and then we'll compare. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So final thoughts. I I mean this book is was a really good book. Uh, Zahn is a, a good writer. Thrawn has never been one of my favorite characters. Um, you know, I appreciate the role he played in the legend stuff and how popular of a character he was, but he just never resonated with me as a, a lot of people, like he did with a lot of people. Uh, so I love the fact they brought him into Rebels, though. I love the role he's playing in Rebels. In this book, um, I didn't necessarily love the character that much, but I really thought the book was really well done. And although the story was a little slow for me, I still liked it. It was It's definitely in the positive for me. It wasn't a bad book by any means. So I'm just waiting for the next book that actually has Jedi and the Force in it. <laughs> so sad. It's time for the Jedi to end. No. Okay. Oh, gosh. uh all right so for me i don't really know thron never really got acquainted with him until rebels and he gives me the heebie-jeebies because he's super scary and so this book humanized him for me which didn't help with the heebie-jeebies so i think that that's it's fun though because it's a whole different dynamic for me than some of the books that we've read before and I do like my bad guys and I do really like him as a character I think he's very interesting and I'm super curious to see who he forms into in season 4 of Rebels and what a rook is Uh, (laughs) I'm excited for that Um, I did like my hybrid read so I kind of suggest if you are interested in doing that, try doing a hybrid read. It's pretty cool. I also realize that I read a lot faster than an audiobook reads. Mm-hmm. So if I read a little bit in the book book, then I can shave off like two hours of the audiobook, which is kind of cool. But I did really like the audiobook performance by Mark Thompson. Let's see what else. I really like Eli Vanto, and I would love another book about him. That would be great. I don't ever have to read another story about Arenda Price ever again. She's just terrible as a person, and that makes me sad. Like, she's not even a bad guy I enjoy. She's just terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I liked it. If I had to put it in my ranking right now, it's going to be probably somewhere in my top five, but I don't know where. Okay. Because I need to, like, write out what are all the canon books and then, you know, put them in order. Right, yeah. I think still for me, um, 
this probably wouldn't make it to my top five. And I'm still, I'm thinking. Um, but I could be wrong about that, though. See, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember all the books. Once that you start listing out. off all the books that you really like, you're like, oh wait, maybe it doesn't make my top five. It was good, though. It it's d- a good book. Yeah. I mean, so Dark Disciples still my favorite of the new canon, I think. Mm. See, mine's still no, it's not. But I really... Lost Stars is my favorite, and A New Dawn is my second favorite. Okay. Yeah, so I really like a lot. I really like Lost Stars as well. That would be in my top five, and so would Lords of the Sith. So, Rebel yeah. Rising's real good. But I haven't read Rebel Rising yet. Well, I haven't I read I... Guardians of the Wills. I haven't read. So I'm getting ready to start Guardians of the Wills right now. But now that we're done Thrawn, I I'm, I am the next book I'm reading is Rebel Rising. So I already have it queued up. So. All right, well, we've come to the end of another show, but don't be sad because we're putting out shows more often now, so that's pretty good. And coming up is going to be something along the lines of, because we've noticed that if we promise stuff, we always change it, so we're considering Rebel Rising or the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic, or is there something else? Right now, it's going to be probably one of those two because you've already read Rebel Rising. Right. So now you're waiting for me. So once I read it, then we can review that. So I'm thinking it's likely we do a comic in between that. Mm-hmm. So Obi-Wan and the Anakin is probably the next thing we'll review, and then probably Rebel Rising after that. It'll probably be a couple weeks. Um, I'm getting ready to go to Disney World, so I will be out of pocket for about a week or so. Um, so it'll probably be about That'll just be our week. week off. Yeah, week off. All right, so between shows, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter. We are at SWBookworms. You can send us an email with all of your awesome, fun thoughts, which we will read on the show, like we did today, to StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And you can find our new Facebook group on Facebook. Just look for Star Wars Bookworms. We have our Facebook page, and then it's also linked to our group. So you'll find it all there on Facebook. Just look for Star Wars Bookworms. And you can find us on iTunes. Uh, You can find our shows there, and you can also leave us a review there. So if you listen to our show and you enjoy it, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and leave us a nice five-star review. You can find Teresa on Instagram and on Twitter at IceColdPenguin. And you can find me in both places as well at AVGoins. So until next time, keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.